Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study. This is week two, day five of our study of 2 Corinthians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. Well, welcome back to the 10-week Bible study. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say? Speak to us and, and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. Lord, give us life-giving grace to the spirit of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 7. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, he's literally talking about the Ten Commandments here, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has now, has no glory now in comparison with a surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Paul is talking about the Old Testament law here. And he's specifically, you know, talking about the stone tablets, right? The Ten Commandments. Uh, but 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 even more than that, right? The all the whole of the Old Testament law read, you know, uh Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy, read all of these things and it's, hey, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. If you do this, then you should, you know, you have to do this. And if this is done, then you're guilty of death. And just all of these, it's just over and over and over. It's like, oh, wow, this is all bad news. <laughs> but he's saying, actually, it came from God. All of these things came from God. And so there's glory in it, right? When God handed Moses, the Ten Commandments, he comes down, he is covered in glory, right? These, these, all of these laws, they bring death. They are like God saying, you don't measure up here, 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 and here, right? They bring death to you. But when God handed those things to Moses, he glowed. When Moses would go into the tent of meeting and encounter God and ask, what do I do about this? And what do I do about this? And literally, he's going to God to for help on adjudicating issues with the nation of Israel. He's getting wisdom on how to do that. And so essentially, you know, he's going in there asking the Lord, what do I do about this guy that did this? And, you know, a lot of times the answer is he needs to be punished or put to death or all of these kinds of things, right? That's what Moses is going to the presence of God for on a lot of occasions. And he comes out and he's glowing. There was glory on this letter of the law because it came from God. Now, again, the overarching story of the Old Testament and, and the law itself was that there's a way to actually be reconciled to God, right? It's that, yes, if you've done this and this and this is all sin and you have to do all these things, but, but there's the atoning sacrifice, the annual atoning sacrifice. And that's what Paul is saying. The glory of this, right? This, this letter of the law that brings death, there was a means to be made right with God, but it was all transitory, right? Moses would come out from the glory of God and he'd be so bright that they'd be, they, they actually asked him, can you please put a veil on your face? Because you are freaking us out that you glow after having been in the presence of God. We're terrified of him. He makes us afraid and we're afraid to even look at you because his glory is now like emanating from you. 
right? And Moses is, is like one of those little glowworm things, right? You sit in the sun, leave in the sun for 10 minutes, and then you put it in a dark room and it's sitting there glowing, right? But that, that glow, it fades over time. That's, that's what they understand is happening with Moses is he's this little glowworm that goes in and meets with God and then he comes out and, and he's not in a dark room. He's actually just out in the open, but he's still glowing. And they're like, this is freaky. Please put a veil over your face so we don't have to see this glow. And Moses actually did it. It, it literally freaked the people out so much that he literally put a veil over his face to keep this glow from radiating out over the people. And it's not because it's like, wow, this is so cool. It's that the glow reminded them of their sin and their shame. And they didn't want to see that glow to be reminded of all of that, to remind them of all the ways they don't measure up. And Paul is saying that was filled with glory. So how much greater is the glory that comes from the Holy Spirit inhabiting us that, that sets us free from all of that guilt and shame of the way that we don't measure up where we are, are, are brought in by the atoning sacrifice of the blood of Jesus? How much greater is that glory of life in the Spirit and here's the thing that the, the spirit of the Old Testament law was to reconcile people to God, but it came through these temporary sacrifices, these temporary atonements. Jesus is the one permanent sacrifice. The Bible says that he was slain once for all. He is a permanent sacrifice. It is a glory that lasts so what was before was transitory. The, the law and the reconciliation was transitory. You had to come back year after year and offer the atoning sacrifice. You had to make all the little sacrifices for all of these different things. It's all transitory. Obedience to that brought reconciliation, but it was all transitory. Now obedience to Jesus brings a glory and a life and a reconciliation that lasts how much greater is that glory? If Moses steps into the presence of God under the covering of this, this transitory law that mostly brings death, how much greater is this glory that dispels all of that for all eternity? Verse 12, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We're not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But when anyone Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So this is a very interesting thought that Paul has given us here, right? Is that veil that he would literally and physically put over his face to literally dull his face, to dull the glory, the, the, the reflected glory of God off of him. He's saying that same veil is still there to this day when people read the Old Testament law divorced from the knowledge of Jesus. He's not, Paul's not saying like, do away with the Old Testament and we shouldn't read the Old Testament. We shouldn't, 
shouldn't take any lessons from him. He's not saying that. Jesus himself said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. So Paul's not advocating for the abolition of the Old Testament law. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that, that when you read it without the understanding of Jesus is the fulfillment of that, your eyes are dulled to its meaning. Your eyes are dulled to its meaning and it brings death. You read it literally saying as a dullard, you can't comprehend it. You can't see it because that veil that Moses put in front of his eyes, in front of his face to keep the glory from radiating out that same veil that would allow the glory of the law to radiate out. It's veiled. It's covered without Jesus in place. Unless we have Jesus, we cannot understand the glory of the Old Testament. And there is glory in it. There are many today who say that the Old Testament should be thrown out. We shouldn't have it as part of New Testament Christianity. Paul, Jesus, no one ever says that. What they say is if we are trying to live by the letter of the law in this legalistic way, then, yeah, it's going to bring nothing but death and destruction in our lives. And, and interestingly enough, when you throw out the Old Testament, you just try and live by New Testament or whatever. I mean, people just start picking and choosing what they want. Actually, you end up far more legalistic because now you're the one who's arbitrating, you know, which one, which things do we do and which things do we not do? What do we leave in? What do we take out? And you actually become more legalistic. You're still reading even the New Testament. You're applying the same principle to the New Testament. And you're still veiling it. You're still doing this thing where, where the, the glory is veiled because you're the one picking and choosing what you have to do and what you don't have to do to get into heaven. It's legalism and it's destructive. But when we accept Jesus and the Holy Spirit fills us, then all of these things are opened up and we can see the glory of every bit of it. And it's not a transitory glory anymore. It's an eternal glory. There's a weight of eternal glory that comes on God's word when we see it through the eyes of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. <clears throat> Many have misused this idea of freedom in that it's because we have Jesus, because we have the Holy Spirit, that we are free to sin. That is not what Paul is saying here. That's not what the Bible ever says. Paul even addresses this at one point, that people are saying this. The people say the freedom, the liberty, and the spirit that we have is to just do whatever we want. He's like, he says, their condemnation is justified. Because that's not what I've ever said. He says, people actually say that that's what I've said. I've never said that. That's not true. The freedom is not to do whatever we want and get away with it. The freedom is to not be bound by sin and guilt and shame. Does that mean that we're going to stop sinning? No. But in an ever-increasing way, what Paul's saying here, in this ever-increasing glory, in this process of sanctification, we can actually walk more and more into a righteousness of God where we sin less and less and we walk more and more into his presence. We get to be transformed into his image, the Lord's glory. We with unveiled his wings see his glory and we can be transformed into his glory. 
because that, that glory comes from the Holy Spirit is what Paul's saying. And so we have access to that. We have access to that. So if you believe in Jesus, the freedom is not to just continue sinning and say, you know, forgive me. It doesn't mean that you're going to stop sinning, but it doesn't give you license to sin. It gives you license to stop sinning. It gives you license to sin less. It gives you license to be transformed more and more into the image of God, which is what we were created to be in the first place. Creations in the image of God. When we take on that, the spirit of the Lord, when we accept Jesus and pledge our allegiance to him, we get to in an ever increasingly, ever increasing way, take on that glory that God created us for in the first place. That's what Paul's talking about here. And that's what is available to you and I, this ever increasing glory that comes from the Holy Spirit. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.